Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on Canned Air. Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. We've got a good show lined up for you today. We are still under quarantine, as you can tell, uh, in our separate locations via Skype. I hate it, guys. I'm, I'm starting to forget what you look like. It ran uh, tell long, me about it. Flowing blonde locks. You know, I, I, I forget. <laughs> I forget. I need to see I think you you've been in isolation a little too much there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I almost thought about seeing if we wanted to, you know, fight the power and actually get together or something like that and do it normal one day well, before we, this is all over. But yeah, here in a few weeks, I'd say we got to see what the governor says. I reckon <laughs> we're essential. We're entertainment. We're putting out news. Yeah, I suppose I could just print out essential to the Candare podcast things and give them to you. (laughs) That'd be just as legit as any fucking thing else. Yeah. (laughs) But we've got a good show lined up for you again today. Like I said, uh, in the wake of this quarantine, in the wake of economy being shut down, there are a lot of toy stores, video game stores, comic stores out there that are really feeling the hurt. So uh, what we're going to be doing today first in our retro roundtable is talking about some of our favorite uh, stores and some of our experiences uh, with these stores. And uh, just kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess trying to get ourselves and you, you guys pumped up a little bit about, you know, when this quarantine lifts, when everything is a bit more safe out there to get back out and support these stores because they're really going to uh, need our help. And I'm not just saying the stores we mentioned here. I'm talking uh, stores in your neck of the woods. Uh, And then after that, we're going to be welcoming to the show the creator of the Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us, and uh, the movies that made us, and uh, creator of the Disney Behind the Attraction, uh, I believe that's a documentary on Disney+. Plus. We're going to be welcoming Brian Volkweiss to the show to talk about a new docuseries that's going to be showcasing vintage toy stores from across the world. And uh, all the proceeds from that are going to be then going to those toy stores. So it's uh, very cool. I can't wait to see the show. And it's awesome that it's going to be, uh, again, helping the stores that are going to be in need. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing here, want to show your support, Patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod. $5 a month gets you the Candair Patreon pod. Going on 30 episodes, people. It's a catalog you can dive into for only $5 a month. And you're helping out your boys. And don't forget to find us on Redline Radio, LLC.com, 7 to 9, Monday through Friday in the morning. And what, guys, what time does the Facebook thing happen? Same time. Uh, same time. At the same time. Okay, very cool. So, yes, once again, Redline Radio, LLC.com. Guys, am I forgetting anything? Simulcast on Facebook. <laughs> Rise and shine with your boys at Candair. There it is. A couple more catchphrases to throw on the red line <laughs> thing. Any other announcements I'm forgetting before we move on? I don't think anything else has happened. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Let's kick it off with this week's retro roundtable. Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Take bad. All right, guys. Our favorite toy stores. 
uh, comic stores, video game stores. Uh, who would like to kick us off? Jack, how about you? I'll do uh, one for video games back when I was a tyke. Well, a teenager, I guess. I'd go to the local mall if I could get a ride up there usually from the parents and go to EB Games. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, EB Games. I mean, <laughs> who hasn't dropped some money in an EB Games? I think they were always more expensive, though, just because it was in a mall, too. So that kind of sucked. Were they? But it was, uh, I think so. I think everything in a mall was always more expensive. But I, I feel like it was maybe 5 to $10 more. They did have standalone stores, though, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Did they? Okay. Did they? Oh, absolutely. Because I remember uh, growing up, they had one in our mall, too, in EB Games. And then they built a standalone directly across the street and then uh, shut the one in the mall down. More stuff to sell that way, I guess. And it wasn't those that then turned into GameStop? I didn't, like, GameStop buy them out or some shit? I don't know. Yeah, they did. I think ah. So. Yeah. I think that's what happened. I remember I bought, a, for Nintendo, the game uh, Monster in my pocket. I don't know if you guys ever played that. But, uh, it sounds really familiar. Yeah, it does. There's a couple parts in it that, the, I mean, it was Nintendo and 8-bit, so the, the graphics weren't always great, but it always got kind of glitchy. And my dad's like, we're going to take this back. So he went back up and wanted to return it. And they're like, nope, can't do it. You can only get the same game because it's open. So I was like, well, all right. So I got the game, brought it home, didn't open it. Went back a couple days later, was like, I want to return this game. And I got something else after that. So I kind of gamed the system. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, that was, man, buying a video game is such a gamble. For some reason, I hate renting them to test them out, especially if it's like a good game because, you know, it's hard to get your hands on a rent copy. But it's also such a gamble to drop $60 on something you don't know if you're going to like. Like, Gears of War is my worst memory. I went and bought that and was so excited, and I put it in. I fucking hated it. <laughs> and I, there I was. I couldn't do anything with it, and so I just had to trade it in for, like, 10 bucks. I was so pissed. Yeah. I used to get a kick out of, like, you're speaking of rentals, though. They uh, used to do, like, exclusive content on some of the older games for, like, Blockbuster specifically and stuff like that. Like, uh, the, you guys remember the Clay Fighters game for Nintendo 64? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a they Super Nintendo, wasn't it? Yeah, they also did a port on N64, um, but they, yeah, it was, uh, they did like an exclusive like blockbuster copy. I think it was called like Sculptor's Cut. It's really hard to find and it's got like two extra characters. Wow. But uh, yeah, it was, it always used to kind of make me mad because I would play something at Blockbuster and want to get that and then, oh, it's Blockbuster exclusive. And now they want like an arm and a leg for any of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But most of them you can probably find on some kind of emulator, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You just want, I know. The, you want the hard copy. <laughs> copy. I get it. I get it. And I was always hard picking games out, too, because, well, back in the Nintendo games days, the cover art never reflected the game itself no. at all. You'd <laughs> be no. like, this looks awesome. And you're like, this reflects nothing of what I'm doing in game. Yeah. And then the screenshots on the back were just as hard because or bad because they were so small you really couldn't see what the detail was right i remember renting top gun just trying to land on that <laughs> aircraft carrier so many times i don't think i ever did i just just yeah I, I think time. i tried twice and then put it away it was like nope i tried so many times so many times i rented that so many times and the ninja turtle game so many times oh my god and i remember coming home from school one day just on a whim 
Uh, you know, Nintendo games were not something you got all the time when you were young. They were something you got for Christmas, maybe birthday. That was about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I had come home and my mom, I guess maybe she was just fucking sick of renting it, but she had just went and bought it and it was uh, waiting there for me. I was stoked. <laughs> but anyway, some memories right there. Uh, Randy, how about you? Go next. Uh, so growing up, I used to be in uh, G.I. Joe's. I know I've talked about those a lot before, but uh, there was a store right around the corner from my house in downtown Delaware. Uh, it's still around. It's called Hobby Central. Um, and I used to go there all the time because in the glass case up front, they used to have like individually packaged like G.I. Joe guys and vehicles, like all secondhand stuff. And, um, you know, I used to like go in there and see like which one, you know, I was missing or, you know, try and find a vehicle or whatever. Uh, it just kind of became like a weekly thing. The, the best part about that was they had like a little <laughs> rewards card, like a little paper card that like you got so many punches after you spent like 10, 20 bucks, whatever, and you got something off. But I just remember like that was like the first thing I ever had to like put in my wallet that was actually like legit. So it was it was always a fun experience going there. Reaching in your wallet. Oh, I got this here. I have the uh, rewards card. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a man now. <laughs> Put it down on the counter and push it with your index finger. Yeah. Go yeah. like to take this. <laughs> you accept I, I, rewards cards? <laughs> I, I legit no. had it in like the license part of my uh, wallet growing up and i used to like flip it out like a the fbi id <laughs> dude was proud of that rewards card wasn't oh it? you know it man right next I, to the false visa and mastercard that was just a card shaped like a visa and mastercard i can no, relate though i can totally relate because the first card i had was a uh, like a video star rental card and it wasn't even like a card it was a piece of paper fucking laminated but Again, I thought, well, look at me. Aren't I getting big? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's still around. I just went in there uh, last year, actually. took my son in, and uh, it's changed a little bit, but it's still got that kind of, like, hole-in-the-wall feel and uh, still has a bunch of comics and Warhammer stuff. But, uh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was there a couple couple months ago. Oh, okay, okay. Stopped in there. Hmm. A lot of smelly guys playing card games. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> These are our people, Jack. Let's not put oh, them down. <laughs> That's my shout out to them. <laughs> Keep it up, guys. Keep up the smelling. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one I'm going to mention first is a, a store that has had quite an impact on us, uh, I'd say, as a show and on me, is just Pack Rat Comics here in Hilliard, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a comic book store that I first discovered I, before I was even living in Columbus. I, uh, Like I said before, I would go in and out of comics. I'd go through phases for like two or three years and be really into it, and then the stories would piss me off or bore me, and I'd put them away for two to three years. And I hadn't read comics in a while, and I got online because I was like, there's got to be a good comic store in Columbus, and I found them. And I, uh, ever since I've gone there, I've just fallen in love with the place. I mean, most comic book stores, not most, but a lot of comic book stores have a smell to them or a certain kind of clientele that you would expect, you know, kind of a rude uh, comic book guy kind of a, a fellow, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, not this place. This, uh, the owners, uh, Jamie and Teresa, are just above and beyond nice and accommodating and are just always trying to make this store 
larger than life, I guess. Whenever like San Diego Comic Con is happening, they'll put on uh, not a Comic Con, not at Comic Con Con. Man, if I say that too <laughs> fast, none of that shit makes sense, does it? <laughs> but um, it's really cool. They'll have artists come in with their own little tables and stuff. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun. They used to have uh, celebs come in, do signings and stuff. That's how we first uh, got our first interview was with uh, Doug Jones mm-hmm. uh, through Packrats. I mean, I don't think they, they didn't grease the wheel or anything for us, but it was him being there that you know first incited us to do it. What else, guys? Man, we we our photo shoots have always been at Packrats. Uh, the backdrop just... is so perfect. It's such a clean, beautiful store. I'm sorry, Randy. I was just gonna say, just the murals on the wall. They have like the the um, Star Wars like toy card one, the uh, the Batman like '60s like climb up the wall. Vigo um, from build. Ghostbusters too. Yeah, Vigo. Painting. Vigo painting. Yes, and they have a life size Deadpool standing in there. It's just a uh, such a cool store. And if you get online and uh, like Google them, I'm sure you can see pics of the store. But, um, you know, they are currently shut down, and uh, I believe they're doing online orders and curbside stuff. But, man, it's a shame because I would imagine, I mean, they do. They seem to like they're doing pretty darn well for themselves. But who, who ever knows what the details are? And I imagine this is hitting them pretty darn hard. So, I mean, if you're not even in the Columbus area, check out Packrat Comics online and uh, order something from them because it's a great store. They, what was it, two years ago they won the Eisner Award? Yeah, I was just going to say something about that. I mean, my God, what's that say? That speaks volumes. <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful store. I'm so grateful. It's so close, and um, I'm just grateful we've got some kind of a. Uh, is it presumptuous to say a relationship with them? No, we, no. we definitely do. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I love those guys and love their store. So check. I them can't out. get over the the transformation that store's gone in the past what five years. That's true. It's, it's like what tripled its size just because they they took over the the gaming side of it mm-hmm. and turned that into merch area and well, I mean the we, basement's always getting bigger and changing around too. Back in the, like the very first time I went in there, I I feel like I remember like when you go in there like to the right is the register there and there's like a pathway that leads into a whole other section of the store. I feel like that was a wall there. And like it was oh, probably very small, so I feel like they tore a wall out there and extended, and then like you said, they tore another wall out and uh, extended into the gaming room with even more toys and shirts and comics and gaming goodies. Oh man, I'm frothing. They're gonna the own that whole <laughs> plaza pretty soon. Watch. I'd be happy with that. If That'd they be could awesome. Fill that plaza with nerd merch. Oh my god, I'd be there every day. Every, every time I go in there. Day. I have no idea. I'm like, what am I going to get? There's so much stuff to get. I have no idea what I wanted. I'm like, can I get this? But I want this too. But I want this. But I want this. Oh, these comics are over here. Oh, my gosh. It's a store that makes you feel like a kid again, you know? Like when I – one thing that comes to mind is when the Avengers uh, Endgame Marvel Legends were coming out, I was wanting about three of them so Badly, And I never have any luck, you know, going to Target or Walmart. I always just get picked from the shelves so quick. And I uh, I called in there because they're really good about getting that stuff in and, uh, they, you know, letting people know when that stuff comes in. And I called them and just I kept asking them. And um, Teresa actually held a case back specifically for me that I could open and go through. And so I remember when one. she what was that on Twitter, she posted that. She's like, hey, Candare, I got some a box of figures for you if you want yeah i mean 
that's customer service that you just don't get other places, yeah. especially yeah. at comic books and toy stores. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to quit uh, going on and on and on. Just what a great store and check them out. My God, I, I cannot wait to go back. Oh, the basement, the basement full of like dollar comics. That's my bread yeah. and butter, too. I mm-hmm. love those old comics and just spending like a Saturday morning down there for a few hours, just rooting through stuff. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of and fun. And they, they seems like they rotate a lot, too. So you, every time you go down there, there's going to be something. Almost always there's going to be something you can find. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It, it moves around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's move back over to Jack. What's your next pick? What would you guys ever think of KB Toy Store? <laughs> oh, yeah. KB. Um Man, I, I mean, I remember it being in the mall when I was a kid. It was the closest mm-hmm. thing to Toys R Us I'd ever been to. I'd always seen Toys, Cor- Toys R Us commercials on TV, but we never had one near us. So I never had been to a Toys R Us until I was an adult. So, yeah, KB was the shit. <laughs> was the shit. I know. the only When I was a little kid when living in California, the closest Toys R Us was like in the next town over. So it was a pretty good haul to go there. But we'd go to the mall and they had a KBs. But it always seemed like it was my younger, younger kids. I mean, there was some like stuff that was good for my age, like GI Joes or Transformers or whatever. But it always seemed like there was more for little kids, like younger babies. Mm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that, man. Their action figure selection was off the chain. Oh yeah, yeah. It really was. I, uh, I got so many turtles and stuff from them. I remember getting a lot of like Nickelodeon gack and shit from them too. Man, I bought a bunch of stuff from KB. One thing I remember about them, though, is when you would go into the mall, uh, a lot of them had, like, a big table right in the front that had, like, yep. one of every of their, like, wind-up toys or remote control toys just like, oh, set yeah. on demo yeah, mode, yeah. running around into each other and stuff. <laughs> the table of parental no- annoyance. Oh, my so, God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> up, up here in Delaware, like, I was fortunate enough to be pretty close to both Toys R Us and KB, and... I guess growing up, I always felt like when I went to Toys R Us, it was like... (laughs) Mr. Big Nuts here. (laughs) Hey, you uh, see my card from Hobby Central? Um, (laughs) No, uh, I always remember going into Toys R Us and just feeling lost almost just because it was like so spread out. And then going into like KB Toys, like you automatically knew where everything was. You knew like the this is where the action figures were. I remember when the Nintendo 64 was first coming out, they had the little uh, bubble displays in the front where you could actually like grab a controller and play it. Like that was like my first like experience like demoing games at a store was at a KB Toys. And uh, I don't know, it just it was smaller, but it felt I don't know, it just felt more shoppable, if that makes sense. That's true, because I know that was like, the, what, if you walked in the front, at least the one I went to, the right side was like the girl stuff. Right through yeah. the center was boys, and then on, or the left was the girls, center was boys, and then on the right side was like models and puzzles and, well, games, board games and stuff, it yeah. seemed like. And then just kind of random stuff strewn out in the front half. Yeah. Yeah, along exactly. with the table of nightmares. <laughs> and, of course, uh, behind the the long, long counter, the case of Nintendo games that you could always stare and dream at. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. One of the last times I think I was in a KB toy store was years ago when the Dreamcast was coming out. My buddy was amped and had like $500 in his pocket set to give to uh, Sega. 
And we got in the car and we drove to uh, KB and he bought his Dreamcast and all of its accessories and games. Uh, it was fun. It was fun to go with him to do that. But uh, jokes on him, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Me too. I got one of those. It's actually sitting in my garage. Sorry, I'm squirreling real quick. But the uh, talking about Toys R Us, you guys remember like going to Toys R Us and having like the little like tickets you had to pull with the video games? I didn't really buy games from Toys R Us. Tickets. Okay. So like, far. so at oh, Toys R Us, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they have like oh, an I do know aisle. What you're about though, yeah. And rather than have like the games there, they'd have like these little pull tickets that you took up and paid, and they get it from the office or whatever. Yeah. Well, I used to watch Nickelodeon a lot, and they had like those shopping spree episodes or whatever, where the kids would like run through a Toys R Us and just throw shit in the cart. And I'm, I would always get so mad at the kids because I would always be like, go for the game section, go for the game section, you clear yeah. that shit out. <laughs> That's exactly it. I, I did too. And it's funny you'd say that because, you know, watching Fox Kids and shit growing up, you'd always see commercials for win a Toys R Us shopping spree. And though I had never been in a Toys R Us, that's always what I had thought. Because, you know, they would show clips of, like you said, other kids uh, running the store with their cart. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Go to the <laughs> Nintendo like, aisle. Yeah, they get like a big stuffed teddy bear and like a random like blow up ball that, you know, was only like a couple bucks. And you're like, get the good shit. Come on. <laughs> right, right. And, it, and, you know, it's funny because like stores like KB as a kid when I would be in there. You know, I'd be like, well, I'd never heard of a KB shopping spree, but if there is such a thing, and if I ever give it, get it, I should probably map out what I'm going to do here. You know, so like I would like <laughs> sit and think about like how how I would use my because I don't know what do they give them like five minutes or something to run through the store, something like that. Yeah. So like how to use my five minutes? Like, well, if I'm really quick, I can get enough Nintendo games and Ninja Turtles. But they probably had stuff like uh video games are off limits or you know like the uh, probably the high power, dollar yeah games. yeah like the big like the remote or not the remote control but those big power wheel things that you could sit in <laughs> you know right there ain't no kid gonna lift a power wheel and put it into his cart it seems yeah, like they always true. ran and grabbed like a bike or something you get like three yeah. things and fill the car up cart up and it's like no dude you know how many action figures you can get in the damn cart Seriously. i'm just picking the pegs right off the fucking wall and dropping <laughs> right. the whole thing in you know <laughs> Why waste Speak, time? Speaking of Toys R Us, before they ended up going out of business, did you guys, the way the layout was, was so crazy compared to the way it was when I was a kid. Like, you would get lost in that first area with, like, all the Legos and stuff. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. You I could had, never figure out how to get around in that place. Yeah, I hadn't been in one for a really long time, and then we uh, we found out when we were pregnant with Brendan, uh, we went because they, like, shared a space with Babies R Us. And yeah. it was like, yeah. we're sitting there shopping for <laughs> Brendan and I'm like craning my neck around the aisles like, hey, can we can we just go look over here? I just want to relive my childhood. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think um, Meyer had some kind of a revamp over the past 20 years, kind of like uh, Walmart did back in the day when they went from just being their normal stores to like super centers or whatever. Yeah. But um I remember back in the day, like Meyer having one hell of a toy uh, like section and enormous. Like it wasn't like four or five aisles. It was like a good section of the store. OK, and yeah. They just had the everything. Back quarter of it. Uh, depending on which one you went into. I, yeah. I remember the one I had gone into. It was in like the uh, like about halfway in the right side, kind of. But not that that matters. But it was just a crazy selection. Anything you could think of and then some. But it seems like anytime I go into a mire looking for anything nowadays, like action figures I might be hunting for, they have dick. 
they have yeah dick i know i was just at ours uh on saturday or sunday saturday i don't know but uh their star wars section is like two pegs wide yeah really there's almost nothing in there anymore yeah there's but there's like a huge area like six foot area of Fortnite crap uh the marvel stuff's still pretty big but they're getting a lot of weird characters in there yeah that's for sure but you know and the turtles uh seem to be off the shelf now because that last show was such a bomb yeah but yep. um yeah like target and walmart target seems to be the best place to go as far as like big chain retailers for toys but even lately they have been letting me down on the constant and hmm. maybe it just depends on what store you go to because you know maybe there are some stores who are very attentive but man month after month it's the same bullshit on the pegs i'm like get something new in here come on i mean you know it's sad on big box stores when you're going to like cvs and walgreens to get toys oh hey yeah. that's i swing by there every time i go to walgreens <laughs> and i found i found some gems there you know jeremy oh yeah getting that general kenobi because they got the the exclusives at uh walgreens that General Kenobi was awesome. I also got the uh, the uh, Doctor Doom and the Iron Man suit uh, exclusive. Mm-hmm. What the hell's that noise? Oh, Sorry, wow. that's my clock. The bells. Fucking Grandma Randy over there. It's <laughs> <laughs> the ghost. ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Time to re-smudge the house. Oh my God, the clock tolls nine. Time to die. <laughs> um, Sorry about that. Go ahead, Randy. What's your next pick? Again, I'm going to give my uh, guys here in Delaware a shout-out. Uh, Gameplay Unlimited. Um, I've known Tom for a while. It's a little little store just right on the center strip. Um, he's kind of, like, uh, expanded into a, the second part of the building, but it's probably one of the most organized video game stores that I know of. Um, you just walk in, and it's everything's, like, neat, tidy, has its place. He's got new games, old games, a bunch of Funko Pop stuff. Um just real friendly, cool guy. I mean, it's just fun being able to see it kind of like you guys did with uh, pack rats just kind of grow over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, just pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. And he does a lot of giveaways on Facebook. He'll do like, uh, you know, mention this ad and get like buy one, get one half off or something like that. So I oh, that's a deal. Yeah, I got pretty religious about stocking his Facebook page there for a while because he was <laughs> I mean, he throws out some good deals. But uh, yeah. I got a lot of stuff there from him. That sounds like a cool place. There's a lot of places in Delaware I need to go to, apparently. Hey, the same here. place I've been to is uh, Rebel Toys, and that is a really cool store. They always, anytime I stop in there, it's always something just off-the-wall different. Something you weren't looking for. It's something you didn't know you needed until right then. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was actually my ne- next pick. Uh, Eric is a good dude. He's got a great store there at Rebel, too. So Yeah, good picks indeed. Um, I think my uh, next pick is going to be Big Fun right here in Columbus downtown. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, my God, one hell of a toy store. I love this place. Um, how would you guys explain it? Just a, if you blink, you'll miss it almost. Because it, it, <laughs> it's, I was just going to say, it's like, it's so small, but you could literally stand in the same spot and find something new for at least 10 minutes. Like That's the truth. Yeah. There is so much stuff just packed all the way to the ceiling on every shelf. You could be in there days and never even see uh, close to half the inventory. Yeah, I'll tell you what I've even done sometimes when I've been there, like especially behind the counter, they have a lot of like the more high value toys. 
but there's not they're not really categorized. It's just like a smorgasbord of pop culture mm-hmm. behind these guys. And I'll uh, when I'm getting wrung out, I'll sit there and take pictures of that on my phone, and then I'll go home and sit there and look through the pictures, like zoom in <laughs> and see, because that's the only way to take it all in. You'll yeah. never take it all in. You usually can't stand in one spot long enough to really take what's in around you because there's usually people because it's so tight in there. Yeah, you have tight. to you have to keep moving and circle around and see if you can find where you had left off. And I'm a claustrophobe, so for me to continually go in there speaks to the uh, the uh, the how good the store is, at least for a toy collector. I mean. It's easier to maybe to tell you what they don't have than what they do because they have so freaking much. I mean, anything you can think of through the 80s and 90s is going to be there. Remember the last time we were there and you had been there a lot of times and we were standing there and they had the like from back in the day with the libraries, the Dewey Decimal drawers with all the the, the things in there. And you've opened one of those and ended up finding a bunch of. What was it like Happy Meal toys or something like that that you'd never you mean you'd never even knew those things were there. Exactly. The drawers there. I had walked past them so many times. I had stood against them so many times. <laughs> I never noticed them even once. But that's just how much is happening in this store. It's like just straight overstimulation. Um, I can't recommend it enough. I've got bought so much stuff there, and I think they're typically pretty good price. Uh, yeah. I've never seen something and been like, oh, my God, you know. And um, as far as retro collectors, you're going to find it there. And if they can probably get it for you if uh, if they don't have it, I would imagine. That's the thing. uh, They have a lot of old, good old stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. And hats off to the staff because the few times I've been in there, like, I've either asked them a question or somebody else has. And everybody that works there seems to know, like, right where everything's at. And I have no idea how I would even yeah. be able to yeah. in. <laughs> it's it's true. But, well, they rotate their inventory quite a bit from what I understand. Oh, do so, they? Yeah, it, because it's funny. You're absolutely right. I've gone in there and asked for the most obscure little thing. And they'll walk through the madness. And when I say madness, I don't mean it's disorganized. It's very organized and very nice and neat. It's just there's so much. Like you wonder, mm-hmm. how can you possibly keep account of this one little figure in this whole place? Like it's crazy, but they do it. And the customer service is great. It's absolutely yeah. great. So uh, I think that's going to be my last pick. Big fun right there. And I think that's probably going to do it for us as we're running a little bit long. And now returning to the show, we welcome the creator of Netflix series, the toys that made us and the movies that made us and Disney's behind the attraction. And something I have to add to his uh, his title here, the man responsible for bringing Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird back together. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Volk Weiss. Brian, welcome back to the show. You're kind to say that. Uh, I I do have to say uh, they did reunite uh, earlier. Uh, we were just the first ones, I believe, to capture it in film and get them working together again. Uh, so I, I, it may sound like I'm splitting hairs, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, we got them doing turtles again, but we were not the first to reunite them. Mm. So I, uh, I just uh, want to be real clear about that. These, these details matter. I, I, maybe a little bit of modesty in there. You definitely had a play in it somewhere. There's definitely a play in there. So I still thank you for that, even yeah, though you don't want to. It was an honor just to, I mean, more than an honor. I mean, it was, uh, 
jaw-dropping to be a part of it. I can't imagine. And let me just say uh, kudos to you on that third season of The Toys That Made Us and also on the first uh, season of The Movies That Made Us. My God, what a strong uh, series that is uh, turning out to be. I'm in love with it. Uh, So far, Ghostbusters and Home Alone have been the two I've seen in just such strong, interesting episodes. Loving the series. Uh, You're very kind, man. I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you. So as as far as that show goes, have you guys already uh, thought of uh, what kind of movies you might be looking at for a second season, or is that looking too far down the road? I think I can confirm that we've thought about it. I don't know uh, what else I can say or not, but we've definitely thought about it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, I wait uh, anxiously. I, I can't wait to see uh, more of that show. Hopefully we get to. But uh, let's talk about the reason you're here. This upcoming docu-series uh, showcasing the vintage toy stores that's going to uh, take the proceeds and give it back to uh, the toy stores affected by uh, the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the things I can tell you right now is we have a title. Uh, we're calling it A Toy Store Near You. Oh, nice. uh, we have now officially, uh, we have over 50 stores that we're working with all over the world. Uh, we have at least two stores in Japan, um, the Netherlands, South Korea, England, uh, and about um, and probably a little bit over 40 stores in the United States. And, you know, what we're trying to do, and, you know, this is always easier said than done, and it's a very delicate balance, but what we're trying to do is really tell two stories. We're trying to tell, of course, the easier of the two stories, uh, which is about the toys, because, um, you know, every store has some toys in them that are very unique, and special to the owners of those stores. But we're also really trying to show the ramifications of being really, to be honest with you, it doesn't even have to be a toy store, even though our series is about toy stores, but about what it's like to be a small business owner uh, in the world uh, or even the employee uh, of a small business owner. We're really trying to show what it's like um, when your business for, you know, decades has been based on people walking in, browsing, and buying uh, to all of a sudden losing that capability uh, when a quarantine goes into effect for the first time in history. That's interesting as hell. Now, now, how do you uh, pick the stores that you're uh, going to showcase? We, we used a very scientific uh, method. We, uh, we rented uh, about 1,000 hours on a Cray supercomputer, uh, and this is what, the, what we came up with. Um, we put out a press release, uh, and pretty much anybody who responded, uh, we accepted. <laughs> oh, wow. That's nice. First come, first serve. Yeah, but that's good. <laughs> and I'm joking. We, uh, we do not rent time on a Cray supercomputer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I was sitting here scratching my head going, is he serious? <laughs> uh, that, uh, that, that, that would be a lot of money. Those are cheap. Uh, I would say so. I would say so. So an episode, how I imagine what they're going to be 30 minutes long. Yeah, they'll be, you know, without commercials, depending on where they end up. So it's probably going to be about it'll be a 22 minute episode. So like if you watch it on YouTube, it'll be 22 minutes. If you watch it on anywhere with commercials, it'll be about half an hour. 
But the program itself will be about 22 minutes. Now, the episodes themselves, as far as they play out, I mean, are we just kind of taking a tour of these stores? You say we're going to also be seeing, uh, you know, the effects of the quarantine on these businesses. But uh, what else are you guys going to be showing uh, in these episodes? It's not necessarily a tour of the store. It's more about the people in the store that work there. So, you know, you're going to have the owner or the owner. Uh, and then you're going to have, you know, the the guy or the girl that run the cashier, you know, the uh, the people that shoot the pictures of the toys before they go up on eBay. I see. Um, and, you know, a lot of those people are quarantined at home. So we shot. And when I say we shot, we actually didn't shoot anything. Uh, they shot, um, you know, in their own homes, you know, the employees. So, you know, we shot again. I shouldn't say we shot. Uh, they shot themselves, uh, you know, at home talking about their collections and also how COVID-19 uh, affected their lives and really interrupted them. You know, one uh, one employee of Billy Galaxy's store, uh, her husband uh, is a baker uh, and he was uh, he got sick and they don't even know if he had COVID or not. But because he got sick. Um, uh, Billy did not allow her to come to the store for 14 days because he didn't want to get sick and he didn't want any of the other employees to get sick. So she, but he also didn't want to let her go because obviously with her husband not being able to work, he's not making any money. So he found different ways for her to work for the store while at home. So it's stories like that um, that we're covering. And then, of course, Billy, just talking about the first episode, of course, you know, Billy's going to walk us through, you know, his top five to ten favorite toys in the store and then give a little background on them. So if we do it right, and again, this is a hard bridge to walk because it's very long and very narrow, but the show should be interesting. It should hopefully be interesting to everybody. It should be interesting to anybody who wants to see how... COVID-19 is affecting small businesses and the employees. And then it should also be interesting for toy fans because we're going to cover really, really interesting toys uh, at the store. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when all this starts to lift, not only uh, that, but all the exposure that the show will give these uh, stores to help uh, bring the crowds back in. Exactly. So you're, you're exactly right. So hopefully... Every episode is going to generate some money to help them out financially in that regard. But in addition to that, I mean, I can't even tell you with our press release how many, like, hundreds of times we've seen people comment, oh, my God, I live in Baton Rouge. I didn't know that store was in Baton Rouge. So we're already seeing that stuff, which I know is very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So you can already see the impact it's going to have. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So it's, it sounds I mean, like... I, I mean, I can see the impact, and that's great. But obviously, I think much more importantly, the stores can see the impact because, yes, at some point, there'll be dollars and cents coming in. But right. I think, you know, obviously on dark days like this, just having hope, just seeing positive things, just seeing that, you know, people are out there trying to help you get through something. Right. Sometimes that's almost as important and, you know, cash coming, you know, in the door. I totally agree. And that's a good point to make. 
I cannot wait to see this uh, show. And it, it sounds like you guys might even still be in uh, the throes of productions. Is there any idea of uh, when and where we'll be able to see this? Uh, we are hoping very much to have the first episode out before May. Oh, wow. um, And then soon. have a new episode come out once. Oh, and have, I mean, we got to move quick because, you know, we want to have these things start generating money uh, yeah. so we can get money to the store. So that's a big part of it. A, uh, and B, uh, the idea would be to have a new episode come out every week. So, like I said, we're going to have at least 50 episodes. So, you know, that's almost a year. So, if possible, we would start to even have maybe two come out a week. I don't know if we'll be able to do that. Uh, My staff is already uh, really killing themselves uh, (laughs) to get it going like this, to put it mildly. Um, But... You'll be able to see, I mean, we're talking to a bunch of, you know, well-known companies, you know, streamers, broadcasters. Um, so we're trying to see if we can get any bites. Um, if we do, then that's, that'll be where it premieres. If we don't, then it'll premiere almost immediately on Amazon and YouTube and then hopefully end up everywhere else, like Pluto, Tubi, Roku, um, you know, all, all the places that we normally put out our content. Awesome. I cannot wait to see this. And I wasn't even expecting that soon. So, uh, and you make a great point. Yeah. You do need to get it out. Uh, ASAP. You're very kind. Well, since we have a few extra minutes here, uh, being a fellow toy collector, I always uh, feel the need to ask you when I have you on, have you, uh, had any new, uh, additions to your collection lately? Well, you know, it's funny. Those questions kind of suck sometimes when I'm in my office or in a hotel room. But I am talking to you right now from my collection room. Nice. Uh, and I can just look all around me. Uh, and I can, uh, I can see, yeah, I got some great stuff recently. Uh, I got uh, two Plo Koon uh, prototype heads. I got a, I'm sure I'm butchering her name, but a Shaka T uh, prototype. Uh, both from uh, the Clone Wars and the prequels, Star Wars. You're talking like I initial. Also got something about a month ago. You're talking like initial prototypes for the characters yeah, I mean, themselves, you... or yeah, 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 yeah. I don't... Do you... <sighs> is this an audio podcast or do you do video as well? Just audio. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's literally the prototype. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram or not, but if you go on Instagram, I posted a picture of everything probably about five or six days ago. Uh, I have to go could, back and uh, look. You can see what it looks like. It's so. And then the other thing I got, I guess I got this about a month ago, uh, but I just, uh, I, I haven't. Um, obviously, it's since you and I spoke last, but um, it's just, it's something I've wanted forever. Uh, basically, when Kenner was trying to get everybody excited, like Toys R Us and KD and everything. Uh, at Toy Fair, I'm walking over to it now. Um, it was uh, Toy Fair 1982. They made these really kind of cheesy, they're kind of like trophies. They're really hard to describe. Okay. But they basically are these kind of brown wooden, no, sorry, brown plastic base. Uh, with, like, a Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader from the Micro Collection, like, glued to them. And then there's, like, a cheesy golden plaque on it that says, Kenner, the Force is with us in 82. 
Uh, and huh. that they gave me out at Toy Fair in 1982. <laughs> Also, my uh, my Dune collection has is, is, uh, grown considerably uh, just in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been buying a lot of toys online. Um, you know, I, I truly, you know, I usually go into a toy store once a week about approximately. Right. You know, every now and then, two or three weeks if I'm traveling a lot or whatever. But it's really, I mean, listen, I'm healthy. My family is healthy. My company is healthy. So please take what I'm saying in a grain of salt, with a grain of salt. But, I mean, I really miss just even browsing. Uh, yeah. So luckily, uh, I've been finding some great stuff online and about uh, roughly once a week. Uh, and then, of course, i got to put it in mail quarantine for a week. Uh, but uh, basically about <laughs> once a week, uh, I've been getting something new, which has uh, given me great joy. Uh, during obviously a very dark time. I don't know if I could do that. Buy something and then just having having it set like in my house for a week without touching it. That's worse than Christmas <laughs> morning, right there. <laughs> if you ask there, me, it, it is not easy. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little secret though. Hopefully, my wife does not listen to your podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm so adamant about quarantining everything that it. I'm pretty sure she'd be very mad because she thinks I'm being a little crazy, uh, just how anal I'm being. Uh, so <laughs> I, I I don't want to be labeled a hypocrite by uh, making her wait a week to get cereal, uh, and then I'm sitting there, uh, you know, pulling my Clocoon uh, 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 prototypes uh, out. Same thing. I think I, I think I get in a little a little bit of trouble for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you've got kids, man. I understand uh, the level of concern, especially when you're uh, you have your kids are fairly young still, aren't they? Six, five, and two. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So yeah, I don't think you can be too careful, especially when you have little ones around. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, it would be hard to resist uh, cracking Amen. that open. Amen. <laughs> so if your wife is listening, I, I'm on your side. <laughs> That's Funny. not gonna help me. Oh my god! I'm getting in more trouble. I don't want to do that. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, one other thing, you know, you just mentioned your Instagram a little bit ago. Last night, sitting around trying to think of. Uh, what can I watch? And, you know, messing around on the fire stick. And there it is, Batman and Robin. And then as I'm watching it, looking at your Instagram, see that you had watched it earlier that day. <laughs> and it just made me so glad what I wasn't alone. That? Isn't that crazy, man? It's crazy. In my I, 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 I remember where I was. I, it was, it was. So I know where I was and when I was. The last time I saw it, it was 2013. So I haven't seen it in seven years. And, I mean, it, it, it's one of these things where it's like, you know it's bad, but as time goes by, you basically get to a point where you're like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. My memory is making it. And then you sit there and you watch it and you're like, no, 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 it's that bad. Yeah. It's, it's that bad. <laughs> it's definitely that bad. And. <clears throat> 
each time you watch it, it it never ceases to amaze how bad. I mean, you have you have good actors yeah. d- delivering horrible lines. Uh, you know, every other line is just like a one liner. Um, the sets are horrible. I don't know. It just seems like his like Schulmacher's vision was bringing the 66 Batman to life, you know? Well, I, I mean, I'm obsessed with the movie and I'm actually kind of obsessed with Bomb. He, I mean, he, he's also, I mean, first of all, the, the funniest thing about Schumacher, which obviously I respect a lot, this guy started apologizing for it in between the, the launch of the film and the DVD coming out. If you listen to the DVD commentary, no. he's already apologizing. Like oh, oh. he and he takes over any time he ever comes up, he always is like, "Listen, I need to take full responsibility for this. I don't even like talking about this movie, but the reason why I talk about it is because I don't want anyone to blame the actors or the crew or anything." And so it's very admirable about how he got in front of it. But wow. so one of the things that I remember reading, and if you know this, the movie makes a lot more sense. Like, before he would say action, he would yell out, remember, we're making a cartoon. Action. And, really? like, if you know that, yeah, you you see exactly what movie he was making. Yeah, that does bring some clarity, doesn't it? Because, the, you know, following so closely on the heels of the Michael Keaton films, you're just, like, thrown off. But, yeah, when you, uh, I don't know, they just should have marketed it a little bit differently because they made them definitely seem like there were going to be sequels to those other films. And I guess they, in a way, were trying to be. But if they just would have marketed them separately, maybe. It was just coming off the heels of those darker movies that made it like, what are we watching, you know? I could not agree any stronger. Anyway, I had to bring that up. It was so funny. I was just glad I wasn't the only one in the world watching that film at the time. (laughs) (laughs) You can't turn it off once it's uh, like a car crash. (laughs) it's it's like watching nascar just waiting for the next accident to happen aren't you (laughs) brian i want to thank you so much uh, for being back here again today again kudos on all your great work and uh you know congratulations on this new show again a toy store near you you said uh, probably by uh, before may we'll see those first episodes you'll have to let us know so we can uh, get our listeners in in the loop we will and i appreciate uh you guys have been supporting us for a while so i really appreciate that Always my pleasure to speak with you. All right, everyone. And again, that was our interview with Brian Volk-Weiss. Again, keep an eye out for a toy store near you. He said by the end of April. That's really damn soon. But again, like he said, you got to get this stuff in motion. These people need help now. It can't wait, you know. But uh, if you haven't seen the toys that made us or the movies that make us, that made us check them out on Netflix. They are so damn good, especially mm-hmm. if you're into any any kind of pop culture. You're going to love them. But I think that's going to do it for this week. So, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CandairPodcast.com where you can check out show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some of our special guests, some of our videos from our YouTube page. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. It's almost like you've said that before. Poor Jack. Seems like it. <laughs> and don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and Instagram at Canned underscore air. And again, Patreon.com forward slash CandairPod. Five dollars. Get you Candair Patreon Pod. Enough said. I'm sick of the spiel. <laughs> I want to give you the bare bone basics. Help us. It's help us. It's worth it. It's worth your money. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. A lot of exciting stuff coming down the pike as well. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah, exactly. And then once again, 
RedlineRadioLLC.com, 7 to 9 in the mornings, Monday through Friday. Check out past episodes of your boys in syndication. Guys, what am I forgetting? Anything? That's about it. Yeah. Just a big (laughs) reminder to all of our listeners, please, again, don't forget to get out there once you're able to, once the economy opens back up and support those toy stores, those video game stores, those comic stores, etc., because they're going to need your help more than ever. Or even see if any of them are doing like uh, drive-by pickups and stuff like that, because I know like gameplay and stuff are so... Exactly. Get, if they can do the curbside, do the curbside and help them out because I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it'll go a long way. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I am Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks for listening, everyone. are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where are you gonna go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candair podcast. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Hey, you can't hear my TV in the background, can you? No, I don't think so. Okay. You, uh, ma- uh, slightly, but I... Turn I it just... down a little bit. <laughs> Randy says he can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blame it on me. I see how it is. Really? Yeah, he said he heard a little <laughs> Jack, you're an asshole. <laughs> What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.